You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is Views from Midstream. Now. Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. The Views from Main Street podcast rolls on. Rob Brown, the great one, Lonzo Wrightsell with you. You can follow us on social media if you want to, at The Rob Brown Show, across all the social media platforms, at The Rob Brown Show. And, of course, you can follow the great one at Lonzo on Word on Twitter, at Lonzo on Word. Let me get your thoughts on this one, great one. Steve Wilkes said in a presser earlier this week that he does not want anyone in the building to talk playoffs, right? It's it's the old coaching motif of one game at a time, one game at a time, one game at a time. He says, I don't want anybody in that building talking playoffs right now. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's a, he's, he's being honest because <laughs> it's not going to happen because he's going to, they're going to have to win three games. Uh, I, I, I guess I get it. I, I do get it. He's been saying that all year long. Uh, since he's taken taken the the role as interim coach, he's been saying it all year long. We're just going to take it one game at a time, and it sounds like coach's speech. And but with him, I think I get it. You know how I know that it's that way because a game plan works one week, and then they forget about that game plan, and they move on to the next week, one game at a time. So they don't look at the history of of how they played well or or played bad. It's a new game and a new game plan and a new everything. So there we go. And I'm not joking about that. Sorry. I'm frustrated. I, uh, I am frustrated. I was laughing at that at the same time. I was I was reading through some uh some stuff there. And uh dude just described our offensive line against Pittsburgh as an O-line that looked like they decided to take Xanax before the game. <laughs> I think you could describe the defense as that too, but yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. Here's why I, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to bring that up. Sam Darnold in this game, with a couple of days retrospect, a couple of days to look back, I got to tell you, if we can't find a definite hit quarterback in this draft, right? And again, a lot of trade potential, a lot of capital, a lot of ability to move up. Also going to be a moderately good free agency class coming up. Very good chance Lamar will be available, although that's a bank-breaking contract if you get him. Uh, if we can't hit on a definite quarterback, like the guy, the guy you point at and you go, that's the guy. I think I've kind of leaned into Lonzo with the knowledge of his capability uh, and what we saw against Pittsburgh. And I may, I may very well at some point uh, be putting my own shoe into various orifices of my body based on this comment. But if we can't get a can't miss quarterback through for agency or the draft this year, though, Sam Darnold might be a viable option to add one more year onto his contract here. Uh, dude played behind an offensive line that had arguably its worst game since week two and a, a run game that was non-existent in this game. 
and ended up with a QBR of over 108, which is pretty remarkable because there's a lot of quarterbacks you put in that situation that would have absolutely fallen apart. If there's no can't-miss quarterbacks available either in the draft or through free agency, if he puts another game like that together this weekend against Detroit and then two against Tampa and does what uh, what, what, what we did earlier in the year and outduels Tom Brady, Sam Darnold for one more year, uh, I hate to say it, if you can't get a can't-miss quarterback, might be the best available option for one more year under a quarterback. And you keep uh, Matt, Cor- uh, Matt Corral in the backfield and waiting in the wings, give him his chance to develop and learn. I don't know that next year is the year you put together a Super Bowl run based on the the. It's not a rebuilding project because I told you we got a lot of guys on the roster, but I think there's some. Uh, I think there's some folks out there that have said some really not na- na- some pretty nasty things about Sammy D. And Sam Darnold went out there this past weekend, and with an offense around him that offered him very little support, put together some decent numbers. Uh, for the most part, we haven't been extremely nice to to Sam Darnold, but we haven't been, you know, brutal. Uh, he is what he is. He's a game manager, but he's a pretty good game manager. If they would have had a, you know, ran like a third as much as as we did two games ago with the performance that he put on, you probably had a shot at winning that game. Um, th- that's how he should play but with a running game and defense to to back him up. And the Panthers didn't have that Sunday. If if you cannot get a really good um, quarterback in the draft, and again, that's still still a gamble. It's still a crapshoot. You don't know that just because they were really good in college, they're going to be good when they get to uh, the NFL. I mean, you could say that about Baker Mayfield. You could say that about Sam Darnold. You could say that about a lot of these guys who were drafted really high uh, and have it panned out the way that people expected. Or you could also look at at, um, Trevor Lawrence and how he struggled early on and how he's starting to come on now. I mean, there's just – I I, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get. But at least with Sam, he's established – he, he understands the offense, even though it probably won't be this offense next year. Um, you could do worse is what I mean. You could absolutely do a whole lot worse. Oh, 100%. 100%. I don't know if that comes across as positive, but well, I mean listen, it that I, way. I think what I saw in this game, uh, I think what I saw in this game was a downshift in Sam Darnold, right? I think last year Sam Darnold was a dude who looked at himself and went – you know, I can make all the throws, right? I can make the deep down the field throws. I can make the home run throws. I can make all the throws. And on Sunday, probably the first time that to me, it looked like Sam Darnold is a guy who recognizes his limitations and played to them, right? Like I have been told, my old man told me many times and a lot of people, uh, you say this and a lot of people kind of take offense because we, we live in this generation of, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. It's like, no, you can't, dude. Like, most of us can't do whatever we want to do. I want to play in the NBA. Turns out I'm only 6'3", and I got no range shot. I cannot play in the NBA no matter how hard I try. You can't do anything you want to do. Welcome to the harsh reality of life on planet Earth. There are a lot of people who take their game or their job or their career, whatever, to the next level 
Because learning your limitations and learning how to play or work within those limitations to be the best you can within those limitations is wildly important, right? Because it changes the way you look at what you can control instead of going, I want to do this. And it's like, yeah, like I also want to do that, but you're never going to get there. So instead, be the best at this thing. Sam Darnold looked like to me, uh, especially when he was making throws like that throw, that touchdown to DJ in the corner of the end zone, the near corner of the end zone and an absolute laser blast. That looked like a quarterback who understands his limitations, who was not trying to force the football past the limit of his expectations. And instead, Zoe went, here's what I'm capable of. Let me make the smartest decision within the parameters of what I'm capable of doing and then get comfortable in doing that. And I thought he had a pretty good job, especially, again, considering he was playing behind an offensive line that looked like they took Xanax before the game, according to one Reddit user. Um, I thought it was the first time that Sam Darnold truly, genuinely looked like a guy who understood the parameters of his capabilities and then played really well inside of that. That's a quarterback that I can build a team around until I do eventually find that home run hitter top five draft pick. See, the problem with that is how many fans think that way? I know I know, us fans, we don't really have a say in it, but how many of us think that way and and believe that Sam Darnold has a shot to do something? I, I do believe that, the, that he has the potential, without a doubt. But at the same time, and I think you would agree with this, if C.J. Stroud's sitting on the board, I'm taking C.J. Stroud. Oh, again, I would like to go back and revisit – the last few words of that sentence, which were until you find that top five draft pick quality, right? I'm talking about like a top, but I'm talking about like a guy who was worthy of that pick until you hit on your Lamar. How, how, how low are you willing to go as far as the quarterback crop goes? What is the, what is the low mark where you go? Okay. Out of all these guys that are available, this is the only guy that's left. I'm going to stick with Sam Darnold. Is do you, in your mind, is there a, is there a line where you go? Okay. This is all that's left. That's it. We'll just stick with who we got. Well, I think the gauge you can use right now based on the rookie contract is if Matt Corral was in this draft pick, where would you or in this draft class, where would you put him, right? Like if 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 I asked you in this quarterback draft class, where would you rank Matt Corral? Uh, I think it would be fair to list him under CJ Stroud. I think it would be fair to list him uh under Bryce Young. Uh, I think, listen, I, I saw a mock draft earlier this week that had us at our current draft position taking uh, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. I'll be real with you, and we talked about this a little bit on the air. Uh, we'll do a lot more draft analysis when we get into March with the pod and we're really starting to hammer towards the draft. Anthony Richardson's a guy that has all the physical tools to be a Lamar Jackson. I just don't know if he's got the, the the six inches between the ears that will make that much of a difference. Would I take that risk over Matt Corral and carry a one-year vet and a rookie on the roster? I don't know. Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, I would have said hell yeah before the ACL injury. But his game is so predicated on the ability to move the pocket left and right, I got to see how he recovers. After that, I don't know that there's another guy in this draft that I say, okay, yeah, that guy is going to be better than Matt Corral's going to be. So I don't know that there's anybody below that. All I'm saying is if you do get below that, right, if, if, if we go with a first-round pick 
if we take Anthony Richardson, I'm going to shrug and I'm going to go, okay, you got to get rid of somebody. Uh, do you take a hit and send Matt Corral away and take the risk that he goes and turns into Justin Herbert somewhere? Do you send Sam away and ride with a rookie and a one-year guy, neither of whom has ever played an NFL snap? I don't know that you can do that. It's it's um, it's a really interesting predicament. So the only thing that I'm adding right now until we get closer to draft time is if we don't have a home run hit, which is either Stroud or Young, or the ability to pick up a guarantee through the free agent class, of which there's really only one or two, unless we were to, you know, again, do you make a play for Brady out of Tampa? Do you have the bank to get Lamar? I don't know. Uh, unless you got a hit, Sam Darnold, if he's the Sam Darnold we saw on Sunday, might not be the worst option. But we got a lot of time between us and the draft. So I, I I think we both know it really comes down to who's going to be the coach. If Steve Wilkes gets the job, I think Sam Darnold stays here because he kind of likes him and he likes what he brings and likes that he isn't going gunslinger like what Baker is. And chances are if he gets one of those other guys. They probably are more gunslinger than, than what Darnold is. So if, if Wilkes stays the head coach, I don't think Sam Darnold goes anywhere. And if they bring in a new another coach, then I think they're going to trade up to try to get one of those quarterbacks. I think this year's class, looking at it, because there is a massive fall off from two to three, right? It's, it's C.J. Bryce, whatever rank he got him. And then a pretty hefty fall off from two down to three. Uh, if you want a quarterback this year, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, it is going to take a monumental package put together to out-trade everybody else to get there, right? It is going to take a whale of a trade in order to get there. And if that is the case, and that's the route that we take, you have to also weigh the cost of it as well, which is we can't really upgrade in other positions, of which there are a couple of team needs that have to be addressed is that worth one more ride with Sam Darnold? And I, I again, I, I'm very intrigued for the conversations that we are going to have, Zoe, on this pod when we get post Super Bowl and it's time to start looking toward the draft, et cetera. Uh, because the answer today and right now is Sunday Darnold did not look bad. We may have a, have a very different or a very similar but accelerated conversation depending on what Sam does Saturday against Detroit. All right, I know we got to finish up the pod, and I, I just want to uh, say one last thing because we said this earlier, and maybe you're just listening to one of the segments because we split this up into three segments. Maybe you're just listening to the segment, and maybe you're, again, filled with Christmas cheer to the degree that you don't know what to do with it. Why not share this podcast, Views from Mint Street, with, with someone you know, someone you like, someone you don't like, a, a guy walking down the street or you're in the mall doing last second Christmas shopping, you see someone with a Panthers jersey, tap them on the shoulder, say, hey, man, look at this, show it on the phone. Could you please, you know, just, just like and subscribe to this? Because I would like to give Rob and Lonzo a Christmas gift that they'll never forget. So do that. Do that. Don't be a Scrooge. Share the views from Mint Street. Do it. 
Do it. Do it right now. And Merry Christmas. Lonzo, before we get out of here, any final words for the people? That, that was it. Uh, no, no, oh, those no final words for the people. Yeah, yeah, no, Baja bugs. Just, just share the views from Mint Street. Give me a happy Christmas. Give me a Merry Christmas. Give Rob one too. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate those of you that have been listening to the pod every week. We welcome those of you that are new to the pod and to all of us from Lonzo, from me, from everybody at Odyssey. We wish you the very, very merriest of Christmases. But we do have one more pod before Christmas because on Friday, we got to break this whole Carolina-Detroit game down. So make sure that you are subscribed to the Views from Industry podcast. You have clicked the bell icon so you get notified. And we will see you back here on Friday. Keep pounding, baby.